there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Dave Schmoltz and the Schmo. This episode of the Schmo Zone podcast is brought to you by Drink HRW. Check this out, everybody. I, Dave Schmoltz and the Schmo, has been taking this through all my workouts. You take two of these tablets, you put it in your water, do it about 15, 20 minutes before the workouts, and my workouts are fantastic. I'm totally feeling this. I know countless UFC fighters have been using it too, from Walt Harris to James Krause. I know Laura Sanko is using it as well. But basically, I'm using this and I'm feeling great. It's helping me tremendously get through these plyometric workouts. So go to drinkhrw.com, enter the promo code SCHMO, S-C-H-M-O, get 10% off your order. You're going to feel great. I feel great. Your favorite UFC fighters are feeling great. Check out the supplement. You won't be let down. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is the Schmo episode 20. My co-host today is Helen Esports. I thought you were going to introduce me. Well, like it's always. okay. It's okay. It's a special episode today. <laughs> episode 20 in the flesh. The man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, the boss man of the UFC, Dana White. How we doing? Hi, guys. How are you? We're great. I got to take this off. I can't be the schmo for this. Uh, I got the boss man in front of me. Dane, I got to ask you. Let's just break the ice right off the bat. Let's go back a year ago in Atlanta, UFC 236. What was going through your mind? First impressions of the schmo during that press conference. I got the last question, the 165-pound weight question. What was your first impressions of the schmo? Who the hell is this dude? That was actually my same impression. Was it? <laughs> when I first met him, I was like, Who? "And is he serious? Is this is this real? Is this how this guy talks?" But how long did that go? And was it till when we had that interview with Shaquille O'Neal was in the room and everything? You realized that I was a normal person yeah, yeah, and didn't yeah, talk yeah. that way. <clears throat> yeah, no, it wasn't until yeah, I don't remember when it was, but then when when, when uh, yeah, when you weren't the schmo, I was like, oh, "All right, got it, got it." That's your shtick. I got it. It's the shtick. I think 20 minutes before, Lene had told me, hey, uh, Dana said you can interview him. So I came up to the suite, had no idea what to expect. I had no idea Shaquille O'Neal would be walking through there, and I would just go time, do it. And uh, I'm glad it all worked out. And now a year later, you're sitting in the Schmozone podcast. Yeah, here we are. I appreciate that. And you're right down the street from the office. That's pretty crazy. We, we did that on purpose, did I think. Yeah. We yeah, did. This place is beautiful. It's really nice, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. The wanna... whole building, not just, not just your... your uh, your place, the whole building's awesome. It's cool. Vegas is booming. Yeah. I want to pick your brain because you've kind of thrown some darts to the media a little bit over the past couple of weeks. I want to talk about the future 
of sports media. It's no secret, over the past couple of years, Sports Illustrated has laid off a tremendous amount of staff. You're now seeing cuts with The Athletic, who they thought that would be kind of the future. Having a subscription model, ESPN's got layoffs. No big media conglomerate is exempt from this. No. What's your take on the yeah, future? Yeah, it's, it's coming, you know. I, I you, you know how I, uh, I have this love-hate, mostly hate-hate, relationship with the media and uh the the media these days they're not they're a lot of these guys aren't real media guys as far as i'm concerned you know media for instance the other day when i was bitching about the the conor mcgregor headlines about how i ripped conor mcgregor and all this crazy shit they don't even interview you. They watch an interview that you do, then they write stories off of that interview without fact-checking or, or, or really knowing um, wh wh what the situation is, and they just write stories. So it's almost like it reminds me of when you were in school and they used to sit the whole class in a circle and you'd whisper in each other's ear, and by the time it got to the other side of the room, it wasn't even the same. Telephone. Exactly. It, it, it was, <clears throat> you know, that's what the media is like these days. And it, and it gets frustrating. Um, and there were actually some guys in the media that were, when this whole pandemic started, that fought against us hard. Fought against us to not be able to put on events. You fucking idiots cover this sport. What do you think's going to happen if if the sport isn't isn't uh, you know if there's no fights happening, if there's no you know what what are you going to cover, and you know I I never want to see anybody lose their job, but it's really hard for me to feel sorry for people because it's coming and you're going to see a lot of people in the media getting laid off over the next you know six months. So what's the future of this business look like? Because it seems like everyone <clears throat> with social media, they got to be first, 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 not necessarily be the right. right. And there's no consequences for being wrong, right. but they're trying to be first. What's going to be the breaking point? What is this industry going to look like a year or two, maybe three years down the it's line? It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, not just for this industry, but, you know, think about this. There's, there, there's nobody at the parks at Disney. You know, movies aren't coming out right now. And then... You see, they're saying now because of the uh, protests, riots, and all the things that are going on that you're starting to see spikes again in, 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 in certain parts of the country. Everything is up in the air right now, man. It's it's all... Uh, it, it, it's, it's, if you'd asked me four months ago anything about this business, I would give you a definite answer. I can't tell you anything right now. It's like some of these guys right now, you know, the big hot topic is everybody's bitching about money. Stop bitching about money and start fighting because who the hell knows what, what's going to happen in six months. Yeah, we'll get to that, but the one note I will say about that is you're putting on these events, there's no live gates, and in a time where it's such a desperate situation where money is scarce, people are asking for more money, especially in this sport, and I think it's just counterintuitive to growing and continuing everything that's being established. You have baseball players and basketball players saying, yeah, let's not play this season, let's not play. What if, what if it never comes back? What if it, when you have uncertain times like this, you, you need to, it's like I said from the beginning, you need to figure out the solutions to the problems. All I care about right now, I'm literally living in my own little bubble, which is what I usually do anyway, but even more so now. And I'm just focused on how can we pull off 
as many of these fights as we can before everything goes batshit nuts again. But let's talk about one of those sports that seem to be kind of on the decline, at least in our country, and maybe to an extent globally, boxing. Yeah. Um, it's been hard to get boxing fights. It's been hard to get the younger audience to watch boxing fights. I think you mentioned the other day at the press conference, Cornhole was competing <laughs> on ESPN for top rank, and Bob Arum, they put on a fight Tuesday night. Who really watched that fight? Right. Who's watching this stuff? What's the future of boxing? So, Cornhole which is, for those of you that don't know that are listening, is the beanbag you throw into the hole, did 250,000 viewers, and that's taped. Okay, it's a taped show. Live boxing did 310,000 viewers. That's crazy. Especially when there's no competition. There's nothing else on. It's not like the big NBA game was on or the baseball game or the this or the that. That's with no competition. And Dana, I know back in October we spoke about Zufa boxing, but in your opinion, when uh, did you feel like boxing was so broken beyond repair that you decided to pull the plug on Zufa boxing? I, I thought boxing was broken beyond repair when we bought the UFC. I mean, it was yeah. uh, a lot of the things that we did were I, I looked at what I thought was wrong with boxing and what things were good with boxing. And, and built this company and the sport. Um, but we started diving in. We started doing our due diligence on boxing. And I, I was really close to making some moves. And thank God I didn't. You know, everything everything happens for a reason. And it didn't play out. All I'm focused on now is this business and, and what to do next year. Quick hypothetical question. Because your background in and combat sports kind of starts with boxing if you could manage any boxer at any point in history just a hypothetical question who would it be tyson my all-time favorite you know or ali another all-time favorite ali or tyson two of the funnest most charismatic um fighters in the history of combat sports not just boxing do you think espn extends the top rank deal beyond 2025 no how come just ratings the, yeah the whole the whole uh the uh, whole state of the sport right now, the state of top rank. Um, yeah, I don't think they do. And then DAZN, I know, was kind of struggling for cash, and that's a subscription-based. Do you think that kind of model that DAZN has, that The Athletic has for subscription-based articles, do you see the long-term future in that, or do you think that's going to fail? Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you what the problem is with, with uh, a subscription-based um, platform like DAZN right now is that, the advantage that ESPN has is they have linear to drive to uh, subscription. Eventually, everything will be subscription. Eventually, they're all going there. HBO, Turner, you name it, they'll all be subscription. And we'll actually be able to <clears throat> sit down. Think about this, right? I have cable and direct TV. So what do I have? A couple thousand channels? Nothing's on. I flip through every night, and I'm blah, 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 blah. I got a couple thousand channels, and it's all garbage on TV. It's all bullshit stuff that I don't even want to watch. So imagine, th think about your, your viewing habits. Both of you are different, okay? Even though you're both into the same things, you're a woman and you're a man, you both have different viewing habits. There's certain channels that you watch, and there's certain channels and shows that you watch. Now imagine if you could go through... And you two could pick, as a couple, the channels you want to watch. You'd probably end up picking five or six channels, right? 
and you just pay the subscription on those and get rid of all the other bullshit. Um, I think that's where it's going. Interesting. Interesting. And that, that's a fascinating thing to think about. Kind of like an a la carte. 100%. Where you, exactly. That's where you pick. pick you where pick you the go. channels you want to watch. You know, me, I, I'd probably end up with, even though HBO doesn't have boxing anymore, I'd probably end up with HBO, ESPN, Discovery, and maybe a couple other channels. And that's it. Now, we're repping the Fight Island shirts, Boom. obviously. I yeah, we're stoked. It's happening uh, coming up in a few weeks. So I know you guys have a five-year partnership, and um, you've mentioned you know, that the Ultimate Fighter, it is coming back. Um, what are the possibilities of having the Ultimate Fighter on Fight Island? And the five-year partnership with Abu Dhabi yeah. and, and Fight yeah, Island. The, the, the five-year partnership has nothing to do with Fight Island. Fight, okay, Fight so Island is separate. a completely separate thing, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we we got to make sure that everything we say on this podcast is perfect because there'll be 50 fucking idiots who write stories about this that'll be wrong, believe me when I tell you. Yes, Fight Island is not a part of the five-year deal okay. we have with Abu Dhabi. Um, I, I think that we'd want to do the Ultimate Fighter here in Vegas because of the Apex and, um, uh, you know, the whole team is here in Vegas. So much easier to do it over here. You mean you don't want to see the schmo in a short sleeve turtleneck Hawaiian style yeah. doing the fights with a tiki torch? Yeah. Are you coming to Fight Island? Can the schmo come? I would love yeah, to come. I mean, we can figure that out. Yeah, we can make the it The boss work. is here right now. She'll get you straightened out. Me too? In the of luggage? Course. Yes. Of course. It's kind of like a tandem. Yeah, 100%. Okay, tandem. Yeah, it would be awesome to have you there. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. If you guys talk to Lene, she'll get it worked out. Fantastic. Now, we were just trying to speculate. You guys have unlimited budgets anywhere. You guys, anyway, you guys are everywhere. <laughs> we hustle. We hustle. Yeah. We have to. But that's kind of why I tied into where modern day media is. I mean, when nobody gives you a chance, you create. And you can right. relate to that for all of your story. 100%. Yeah. Didn't you speculate who could potentially be the ultimate fighter yeah. candidates? Could it be Israel versus Paulo? Could be, yeah. I, I, I know I, Paulo Costa wants to do it. Um, it could be. There's... We have so many good options right now for coaches. It's awesome. And no, and it's been so long since we've done an Ultimate Fighter. None of these guys that are around right now have done it before, so it's perfect. The Lioness, Amanda Nunes, she's kind of contemplating retirement. She had, Obviously, she's destroying the division between the Bantamweight when division. When did she say she's contemplating retirement? Well, she's accomplished everything she's done. Didn't she put she it on social media? Or she Esporte Brazil. The Brazil outlet. Yeah. She said what? Um, here, let me pull it up. She's pulling it up. Kill her. I will well, kill her. Well, let me oh, get to, uh, uh, well, let me get to where I'm going with this, right. and we can circle back to her. What's going on with the female featherweight division the UFC? You look at the rankings, you can't list 15 females yeah. there. What's the future of that I division? I literally just told Sean and Mick in the last meeting, let's get this division built for her. Let's build this division for her, and, and, and let's start figuring this out. Who's competition? And now she's talking about retiring. Yeah, she said, um, this is quoting, yep. you know, the article. I don't know. I've achieved everything I wanted. I'm well. I can go on with my life, maybe take a new step, maybe find new talents, help some girls there, maybe be a coach too. Hmm. You know what's awesome about that? When you think about it, her retiring isn't awesome. That actually drives me nuts. But uh, it drives me nuts. You know how I always say, if you're talking about retiring, you probably should. Unless you're where she's at. It's like what I said about Cormier when he was talking about retiring a couple years ago. Um, you know, in, in this time when I got guys 
crying about money. You know, one of our female fighters who could go on and keep doing this for a long time is saying, maybe I retire now. You know, she's got plenty of money and she can do it. Um, you know, nobody ever brings that shit up that the women are treated just like the men here. You know, this was some of these other, even tennis, which is a massive sport that's been around forever and has huge TV deals. And, um, you know, they do the, um, um, uh, what's the one in New York that they have every year? The, uh, um, okay. So, uh, no, not Wimbledon. Um, I know exactly where to, uh, bar- oh, yeah, the US, US Open. Open. I mean, US Open, Wimbledon, all these things. And, and, and the women still don't make what the men do. You yeah. know, Amanda Nunes is in a position where she can retire. Yeah. I mean, I could second that. Uh, if a title is on the line, doesn't matter if it's a male or female, they will headline that UFC pay-per-view card. Cejudo in a division that, that, you know, I was considering dropping, uh, you know, a million times. We kept it around uh, after Demetrius left and, and Cejudo won. And, uh, and Cejudo retires. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't fucking retire right now. Right? Sitting in your seat the past two weeks, we've had Aljamain Sterling. We've had Sugar Shaw O'Malley, mm-hmm. two stars, rising stars in the Bantamweight division. Is it safe to say the Bantamweight division is the hottest division right now in the UFC? It really is. There's a ton of great talent there. Um, exciting fights, and yeah, it is. How quickly do you want to see Sugar Shaw O'Malley kind of rise, and where do you compare his his stature when you look at rises like an Israel Adesanya and obviously a guy like Conor McGregor? Yeah, we're, we're, he's one of the kids we're focused on and have been since the Contender Series. You know, he had some issues that he had to deal with the last couple of years, which has uh, been brutal, but it's given him a chance to heal up and, you know, here we are. And I know he and Cody Garbrandt were kind of going back and forth to see who had the better knockout. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that was cool. And then... Uh, they're talking about, or at least Sean wants to fight him, and I know everyone who's winning, even like a Marab, who just won the past week, he's calling him out. Everyone in that division is going to call out Sean O'Malley. Um, who does that remind you of? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Um, do you think that's the fight to make, or a, a good fight to make, or is that too big of a jump for a yeah. Sean O'Malley to the, fight a... The problem is, is if you take a Sean O'Malley, you know, first of all, he's been off for a couple years. He's, he's a young kid. He's just coming in. Um... You, uh, where does he go from there? You know, you got to give this kid a few more fights before he gets to Cody Garbrandt. Because I didn't see the rankings yet, but Cody Garbrandt's got to be, you know. He's ranked number five. Garbrandt? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was nine. He, he well, went up yeah. spots. I mean, if he fought and he beat Cody Garbrandt, he'd break into the top five. And very few people in their careers will ever break into the top five. Well, speaking of uh, top five, didn't you have that? The Mount Rushmore? Yes. Yeah, so I've asked this question to some of you, the best who have ever done it here in the UFC, to John Jones. Might have asked this to Mighty Mouse. I've asked this to Henry Cejudo, to the Lioness. Who's your Mount Rushmore of greatest MMA fighters of all time? Your four. Most impact, greatest MMA fighters. Yeah. I mean, if you're, thinking, if you're talking about a Mount Rushmore, you know, where their heads are carved in stone forever. <laughs> yes. Um, you, you'd have to go hoist Gracie. No brainer. You have to do that. Um, Amanda Nunes has to be Amanda Nunes, the greatest female fighter ever. Um, the other two are tough. I would have to go with a John Jones. I would have to go with a John Jones. Um, 
the guy's never been beat. And what's more amazing about him going undefeated, which is incredibly amazing because very few people do it in this sport, is the things that he's done to himself outside of the octagon, and he still hasn't been beat. But is that no contest ever going to be overturned? That no contest, believe me, I have battled to get that thing overturned, and it's almost impossible to do. It's almost impossible to do. That's the problem when you get incompetent people in there. You know, these that 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 guy is as incompetent a referee as I've ever seen in my life. It was during a very weak period during the Nevada State Athletic Commission. The director was weak, you know, and there were other weak people throughout, the, you know, the uh, the commission at that time. And you know, it's so hard to get that stuff overturned. It's 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 just. Uh, an example of how important it is to have the right people in there because John Jones should be, should have a zero after his name. Um, and then number four on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, I guess you'd have to go with Chuck Liddell because at the time, at the point in time, he was as big a star as ever. And it's, it's a, it's almost a coin flip. I, I think about it between Chuck Liddell and Forrest Griffin, and they're both from the same show, you know, the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. And, you know, Chuck became a massive star, was the highest paid guy in the company at the time, and all that stuff. So you left off two guys, notably like Anderson Silva and yeah. GSP. Anderson, yeah. Two, two guys, that, GSP too. And if you look at what uh, Anderson Silva did for Brazil, and what GSP did for Canada, you know, these guys who had impact on an entire country is very massive and very strong. On a side note, on the note of John Jones, I know a few weeks ago you mentioned how he was kind of asking for Deontay Wilder money. Uh, just curious um, if you can kind of give a comparison as to what amount of money that Jorge Masvidal was asking for to fight Usman. Oh, shit, I don't even know. I don't even know the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. He just signed a new deal. Yeah. He, I mean, I just keep reading his tweets. Like he's going off on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it is what it is right now. I want to talk about the fights this week, June 20th, big heavyweight fight, Volkov. Is there a guy who has better leg kicks of the heavyweight division than Volkov <coughs> fighting Curtis Blades? What are the implications of the winner of that fight? Because obviously we're waiting for Stipe DC. That's happening August 15th for yep. that trilogy fight. You got Francis Nganu, obviously in yep. right in the wings. Is there a small chance that the winner of this fight, again, fights Francis? Or is Francis holding stat petty for a replacement fighter if someone pulls out between DC, Stipe, or he's just next in line for the yeah, winner Yeah, we, we've talked to him about that. Um I don't know where we are on those talks, but yeah, obviously, if one of those guys fell out, we'd be looking to put to, to put uh, Francis in there. Excellent, excellent. And then what fight on UFC 251, the first one in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island, are you looking forward to the most? Uh, what that's... you don't, what now you know. I'm screwing up the words. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> it's a tough one. You know, I I would have to say the fight that I'm most excited about is Usman and Burns. Burns has looked. Uh, unbelievable in his last few outings. And obviously, beating Woodley the way that he did is a big deal. Usman looked phenomenal in the Colby Covington fight. It was one of the best fights of the year. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see that fight. Speaking of Colby Covington, I mean, just he's someone who's been active on social media talking. I want to fight Woodley. I want to fight Usman and everything. But no deals seem to get done throughout the <laughs> three, four months of this pandemic. Where did the contract negotiations or fight negotiations kind of stale with Colby Covington? I told you, you hear a lot of things publicly, you know, but then you see the reality, whether the fights happen or not. So um, you, you get a lot of chatter and a lot of noise and. One of, one of the things that you, you should know by now about me is guys have deals. We try to get fights done. I mean, I've dealt with the toughest guys in the business, from the Brock Lesners to the Tito Ortizes to the, you know, you, you name it, the guys that have been, you know, that are the tough ones to deal with. I've always gotten fights done. They've always got done. So when you see somebody talking publicly and the fight doesn't happen, Listen, I can tell you right now, I said this before to you guys in the media, I'm, I'm, I want to fight every every man that's in this building right now, I want them to line up out front when I leave and I want to fight them all for $100 million. Speaking of $100 million, let's go down a little bit to $200 but does that But does that really mean I want to fight them? Right, exactly. No, that makes sense. That's what I'm going to get to right now. Dan Levitar, 250 k you put it, he kind of says that's not enough money. It's never going to happen, is it? Of course not. You don't want to fight. He he li- he's fight. a big mouth. He likes to shoot his mouth off, and, and uh, he likes to yap. He's a yapper, you know? And you know me, man. People have called me out before and shit like that. I usually don't, you know. De La Hoya said, oh, let's fight, and all these other guys said, let's fight. I usually I usually don't do it. But Lebetard's so fucking annoying, I had to, I had to call his bluff on that one. I knew he wouldn't. I said, I'll put up $250,000 right now for charity. He's like, you're not going to bully me like you bully your fighters and all this shit. You know what I mean? I want my... Wait a minute. Fuckhead. H- how much money are you putting up? What are you talking about? This is a- who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Nobody even knows who the fuck you are. You know that, right? The seven viewers you get on your fucking show. You know what I mean? You think anybody in the fucking world knows who you are, Dan Lebetard? Nobody knows you, Okay. I'll put up $250,000 for charity. How much are you going to put up? Nothing. He ain't putting up a dime, and he don't want to fight. He's full of shit. Hey, that kind of reminds me of uh, someone that doesn't want to fight this schmo, but I'm not going to... It's funny. I was yeah. like, last December, for charity, I want to do something, and I challenged uh, your your buddy, Ariel Hawani, for twenty five k to a charity grappling match. Match... Tw- I've- Find a way to find $25,000. I know ESPN would find $25,000, $50,000 on the line, charity grappling match. Crickets. No acknowledgement, yeah. no nothing. Right. But I didn't expect anything but that's different. Like, that's like calling out a, a, a girl. That's like calling a girl out to fight. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's, I mean? it's, it's, it's my seat. It's the media. Come on. Uh, Ariel Hawani is one of the weakest human beings on planet Earth. I mean, it's almost like... You should be arrested for even but, calling him out. But if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you're going to make a life on calling people out and stuff like that, the second adversity and someone spins it back to you, you got to be able to handle it, man. Yeah, but listen, the thing, there was an issue one time with Ariel Hawani. Uh, you know, Ariel is one of those guys that is an agitator and he likes to push buttons and he likes to do all that stuff in a sport where people don't like their buttons pushed and don't like to be agitated and whatever. Um, my, my old security guard, I don't know what, he's, he's a super nice, he's a Hawaiian dude, really, really chill guy. He pushed Ariel one time uh, backstage. 
and all, all, all hell broke loose. And I was like, what, kid, what are you doing? You might as well go out and fucking pick on one of the girls that work out and, and fucking, it's literally the exact same thing. You can't do that. I mean, that's like, the, it's like, uh, you know, with, with all the bullying shit that's going on right now, I mean, he's that, he's that dude that gets the sand kicked in his face at the beach and, you know, has to go work out with fucking Teddy Atlas or whatever the fucking guy's name was back then, <laughs> or Mr. Atlas or whatever his name was, T- Teddy Atlas, not Teddy Atlas, the, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? The ESPN boxing commentator. Yep, yeah, yeah not him. Oh, uh, not uh, him. You should probably work with him, too. <laughs> but, yeah, you just you, you know what you know what you know what you got when you're dealing with Ariel. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it'd be fun. Just poke the agitator. Is it safe to say? I'm going to throw one quick question at you. The Reebok deal is coming to an end at the end of the year. Is it safe to say that the deal would be with one of these three companies, a Nike, Under Armour, and then I'm going to throw in a Dark Horse, Venom, for the mm. reap for the kits. Look at this guy. Um, you never know. Yeah, I, obviously I can't tell you that. You can't tell, but is it, yeah. is it, is it, it one of the be, three? One of the three or outside of that bubble, is it likely that there wouldn't be a, a sponsor to come in there? What are the three again? Venom, Under Armour, Nike. Yes. One of the three. One of the three. Excellent. That was it. That was my, I'm sorry, Linnea, was the last hot question. I mean, that that's it on my end. Do you have any questions for Dana? Uncle Dana, we appreciate your time. The boss, man, you gave us nearly 30 minutes right there. Yeah, no, just, um... Once again, appreciate your time and so many great cards to round up the UFC fights at the Apex. Dan Hooker, Dustin Poirier, that's a fun fight. Dan Hooker versus Dustin Poirier, June 27th at the UFC Apex. Hey, everybody, now's a good time. Go to mybookie.ag, put in the promo code SCHMOZONE. They will match up to 50% of what you put into it, up to $1,000. So you put in $500, they'll give you $250 extra cash to play with. You put in $50, they'll put in $25 cash to play with. You get the drill. Helen, give the people some answers here. Who do you got? Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker, June 27th here at the UFC Apex. Man, I mean, that's going to be such a great fight, such a fun fight. Of course, I have to say gut instinct that the fans are obviously going to win that one. I'm leaning towards uh, Dustin Poirier, but also... The fight card, there's so many more great fights. That co-main event, welterweight fight between Mike Perry versus Mickey Gall. And then we see the quick return of Ian Heinish, who's coming off that first round stoppage victory, fighting Brendan Allen. That's going to be an excellent card. And then we have June 20th, next, this upcoming week, Curtis Blades, Volkov. Then we got Fight Island in July, July 11th. You got the title fight, Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns. So many great fights. Place your bets. This is like the only live sports going on. Go to mybookie.ag. Let's go, people. It rocks. But boss, man, so. do you think I could get some interviews on Fight Island? You know, the schmo and the pro. Can I do that stuff with some of the fighters? 100%. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I test as long as I test negative. He has a mask. 100%. Your schmo mask. mask. Or whatever I have to do. Yeah, no, you'll go there and there'll be protocol on, on how we have to... Uh, you know, deal with things on the island, and 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 yeah, you got it. We need sports. You she'll, know, she'll, Linnea will get you dialed in with whatever you need. We need sports. Sports are an escape from this madness in the world we give in. I cannot believe, just like you've said a million times, I never thought we'd live in a world where the casinos would shut down, the strip would shut down. I never thought I'd live in a world where I'd turn on the TV, look at my phone, and I'd see no live sports going on except for the USC. So thank you, boss man. The entire world has turned into pussies overnight. And it's unbelievable. It drives me crazy. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't even know what to say. It's 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 embarrassing. We stick a, away from politics as much as possible. We're positive people. We love sports. That's Dana White, the boss man, the ultimate pro. Again, I have to I'm, do I'm my. Just, I'm just giving I have it to, to you. do my outro. I'm real? just giving it to Come you. Come on, it, is it? I know. <laughs> is it because you don't want to mess up my name in front of He's Dana again? I'm terrified. Oh, terrified. don't you get you guys don't want to know what happened. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm Helen Esports. <laughs> and I'm Dave Schmolenson, who plays the Schmo. Episode 20. A great episode. You kicked off the first one, by the way. We, we did it at the Super Bowl. Yep. I we remember. It, we'll do it again. The Schmo Zone. We're out. Thank you for listening and watching the Schmo Zone podcast. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by So Right. Now, I've been using this product all the time for my recovery from workouts. Tons of great UFC fighters like Michael Chandler, uh, Cheeto Vera have been using this product. You put it along your psoad muscle and you put it along your back. The grooves are designed specifically to really massage your muscles, get right into there, right along the base of your spine. And man, the recovery, the way your muscles get worked, can't replicate it. Go to SoRight.com, put in the promo code SHMO, S-C-H-M-O, and get 20% off at checkout. Check this out. Get you some.